0: This is a certified big Soy Naturals classic. I have a problem. I, I, I don't want smoke. I just want to smoke. I don't want smoke. I look like Jared Padalecki. I got them supernatural. So my value right now is zero. If you think about it, AI is actually the fastest path it's to communism. When I smoke I wanna so adorable. But you can't have it. forest farming is really not a vibe hello pay pigs hello prayer warriors welcome to a very special episode of um big soy naturals i believe i believe cerise had a statement to make um and what would that be so it's it's actually a question i lied oh okay Um, (laughs) are you ricking with me
1: or are we morty
0: (laughs) we're morty we're Morty. We're,
1: we're Morty? You're we're not ricking with me?
0: I'm not ricking with you. We're oh. so Morty. It's insane. It's fucked we're up. We're truly Morty. I know. I feel like I rick with you. <laughs> you um, do rick with me. I am very sincere. I'm Morty with you.
1: Okay, well, listeners, let us know. Are you ricking with us? Or are we Morty? <laughs> um, and and okay, actually, like this brings me to something like because you know, we know that there's like things in the news. Like mm-hmm. we're all there thinking is, about it. Like there's just something that's like been on the top of my mind mm-hmm. um, for the past couple days. Yeah. And I, you know, I, th- I think just like what's going on is like bringing it up for me, and so I wanted mm-hmm. to say it because I've I've held this, I've kept this to myself for a long time, for almost mm-hmm. half a decade, and I feel like it's time for me to like be bold and speak my truth. And that is that I think that the Rick and Morty sauce guys were valid.
0: <laughs> you've, you've told me this before, and I'm always fascinated by this argument. I think um, that they were
1: valid. I feel like people got so they got on their little high horses when mm-hmm. they saw these guys go nuts over the sauce because they're there wasn't they went wa- okay for people who don't know um because i was actually <laughs> unaware of the context when it was happening in real time because like i was not oh a, i wasn't a what do you what do you call them rick yeah, and mortars
0: yeah a rick and mortar i guess yeah i rick wasn't and one mortar. of those
1: people so i hadn't seen this show um and so then i actually had to to understand what was going on i i made myself watch All of the show that exists. And I have to say, um, Rick and Morty fans out there, I don't think it's that great. I feel like it does the thing that I really hate about like media that's about a really smart person where they make everyone around them like so stupid so that it Mm. like just um makes it hard for you to see that character is anything but a genius and if it yeah. was brave like there would be some other smart people around that they were mm-hmm. still like um better better than but like rick he's alone in the world which i guess is kind of the point he's he's like a loner he's a sigma male just like me yeah um <laughs> but i got to the episode with the sauce the context mm-hmm. for the sauce yes. right
0: the schedule and sauce, like,
1: yes rick Goes back in time to a McDonald's, um, and gets really excited because they have this like limited edition sauce that like only happened during like I it's been a while since I've seen the episode like the late Mm -hmm. eighties or something, and he's super hyped about it because it's really good. And the episode ends with him being like, "I want my sauce! I want my sauce!" He's having such a great time, and then I guess it turned into this like in joke with all of the. brick and mortars and they really wanted the sauce and then mcdonald's was like we've got the sauce we'll give it to you and you have to think about this because because this is everyone is like this now everyone is Uh a sauce guy and (laughs) and that's like i think why we need to have some empathy for the people who were like this in what 2017 or something because it was like their lives as men you know were Mm -hmm. so bleak Maybe not all of them were men, but it's just like they didn't have a lot going on. They didn't have friends. They probably had like shitty little like minimum wage jobs or like might as well be minimum wage jobs. Um, Mm. They're online being like, oh, I have no social interaction. Um, And all that they have to look forward to, all that they have to give meaning to their sad little like asocial lives with some sauce. And they're looking forward to it. And they're ready. They're ready to get it. They've been been waiting. And then they go and it's not there. Like, you can imagine the disappointment because the rest of us now have lived through like lockdown, and know the disappointment of like, looking forward to something, um, and then having it like ripped away, and you don't have other shit going on. Because you're just, like, in, in your house, and all you do is, like, go to work and then go back home. Like, right. everyone became a sauce guy in 2020. And all the people who made fun of the <laughs> sauce guys in 2017, like, they got a taste of how it felt to be one of them. Because mm-hmm. they knew what it was like to have, like, nothing to look forward to, to feel a little
0: bit hopeless about your future. And then you have one thing. So now that you've defended Rick and Morty sauce havers um I, have, I, I I will say you can you can never tell me again that I that I defend men too much um <laughs> because because those are the ultimate men, right? Like I don't true, think like, that those are the ultimate men. That's well, not what, I
1: think, that's not the best that men
0: have to offer. I'm not saying um, the ultimate men as in the best. I'm saying like this is like that's the apex of like the the bleakest part of men right sure i'm <laughs> and just saying, defended like, it people with got, your dying
1: breath people made fun so much of the reaction they weren't making fun of them uh-huh. for being man and they were like look at these pathetic little guys but then everyone acted the same way two years later i don't think it was like cool of them to be mean to mcdonald's employees but i'm just saying like i understand the impulse and i think that um, as we move into the future and this is like probably a good segue for what we're about to discuss today Uh we can take that sauce energy to building political power take your and take your anger about the lack of sauce and show up in the streets
0: there's no there's no more sauce to be had
1: imagine if all those guys were just as angry about like abortion access being um you know eroded as they were about the sauce we got to get them to have the same level of investment um in reproductive rights uh reproductive justice as they do in their
0: rick and morty sauce and you think if we bribe them with sauce they'll they'll show up do you think like that's the strategy? No, we No, I need think to take, that they or... need they need
1: to care about it on their own. But we have okay. to. We can find a way to make them care. Can we? we gotta can talk we make to like the... a sauce
0: metaphor? Maybe, like so, something to I link to what just, they care have about. We have to
1: probably. We gotta. We gotta watch more Rick and Morty, mm-hmm. and we need to find out what it is about <laughs> about that that made the um, Rick and Morty guys, the Rick and Mortars, so into it. And then take take the essence of that and put it in our political education.
0: I mean, and that
1: thing. is how we're going to get people to be the same <laughs> level of invested. And I think, okay, that that is a great it's a great intro to what we're doing today. If yeah. you listened to our last episode, then you maybe already know. But we're inter- we're interviewing. Um, a friend of mine who is, uh, an abortion rights organizer. Um, and we're going to talk to them about like how they're feeling about this current moment that we're in. Um, and what suggestions they have for people that are like trying to get into organizing now. Um, and you know, whatever else it's, it's about to happen. We're going to cut from this, intro to the Mm -hmm. interview you're gonna hear it in like three seconds so there's that
0: (laughs) yeah you know to be fair you have to have a very high iq to understand both rick and morty and abortion rights. true and luckily we all three of us in this interview have very high iqs so get ready for that
1: buckle up frick fracks (laughs) I don't want
0: to smoke, I just wanna smoke. I don't wanna smoke, I just wanna smoke. Hi, welcome everybody to the interview portion of this episode. You're um so professional. <laughs> of course I am. I'm I'm a business them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh so this is this is the start of the episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs>
1: Okay, anyway, (laughs) hi. Um, We are interviewing my friend Frida, who I was just telling before we started recording, but I think everyone else should know also that they were one of the coolest people that I knew when I was in college, and so therefore is also going to be one of the coolest people that you will hear your little headphones or on your commute or like wherever it is that you listen to this um and they are uh okay i'm gonna silence the notifications on my phone they do a lot of um abortion organizing in uh iowa which is a red state where there's like a lot of restrictions on abortion and i thought that it would be a really great moment to like bring someone in who has some experience with like organizing in a situation that now, like maybe a lot more people are going to be living through. Um, but yeah, Frida, would you want to
2: introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like Sari said, I do abortion organizing in Iowa. I have um, lived here, well, I grew up here and then moved back here after attending school Um, and pretty much since then I guess I started doing abortion organizing on the west coast in like a very blue state Um, and so then I moved back to Iowa because I was broke and um, I was like oh I'll just pick up where I left off from being out you know on the coast where things are really like um, abortion is much easier to access in a lot of senses and then I tried to kind of like apply that same framework here in Iowa. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) it does not work the same here at all. Um, So it felt like I was a little bit starting back from square one, but it was cool. I got to plug into um, the Iowa Abortion Access Fund, which I'm currently a sitting board member of, um, and just like kind of had to learn a lot from them and from people who had been on that board for like years and years um, about how Stuff works here. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah. you can oh, okay. swear as much as you want. Should have asked that before about <laughs> how stuff works here. um I wanted to say how shit works here, uh, and now I can. um But yeah, and then through that, I just met a lot more people who are doing organizing stuff. I also work as a full spectrum doula. So for the past six years, I've been doing abortion doula support. The past four years, I've been doing like labor doula support, like for like people who are birthing. Um, And that's just been like another thing that kind of ties into all of this. Um, I, for a long time was a sexual health educator in the public schools here as well, which sort of, again, fits into this whole picture. Um, And I do a lot of like mutual aid work uh, in central Iowa and across the state. um, And that is like very much connected to sort of how we're planning things now. Um, Yeah, I don't know that's an intro that was that was a
1: very good intro whenever i have to introduce myself i start getting confused and like scared in a (laughs) daze. yeah i feel like i i definitely like relate to the experience of like moving from organizing in a um like in a blue state to being somewhere else where i'm i was in washington and now i'm in philadelphia and like the i have been getting involved in like Tenants um, union organizing, and it, the housing laws here are just crazy. Like they they do not want people to have a good time. Um, I like learned pretty recently, just like for example, that most leases in Pennsylvania like auto renew um, with an like an automatic rent increase, and you have to give like something like not a three months notice. Like the typical amount is like ninety days. In order to not have your lease auto renew with like whatever increase is also like built into the lease, and that's just um, like a very very different situation from what my experience was with like housing laws when I lived in Seattle, which is a terrible city for many reasons. Um, But at least that was not going on. So I, yeah, I feel like I am starting from zero with learning about how things work here too.
0: Right, and it's like, if, if you have to give 90 days notice Like, will your landlord tell you when your lease is renewed? Will they remind you? (laughs) That's going to be up in the air as as to whether you you have to put your trust in some guy named Dave who owns, (laughs) like, eight properties and does not care about you. Um,
2: Yeah, so, I mean,
0: you you hit a lot of buttons already about how long you've been organizing and um, how, like, um, this relates to a lot of different areas of not only just, like, your life but of like sexual education and health um but what got you into um organizing for reproductive justice because um, you said before you you started in california um like how do you how did you like find people and an organization you could trust
2: yeah so i was actually i was up in washington um same as series i uh god i don't even remember like initially how it started out i think i was um well i mean i like have reproductive health needs as a human being as we all do um mm-hmm. so like i've just i've like experienced really negative like um like healthcare providers and situations right. and stuff as like a person with a uterus seeking care for various things um and and i've experienced good things too um but I've experienced some really really bad things uh and so it's just like always been something and like hearing stories from my friends like oh, yeah. bad stories from my friends about like accessing birth control and you know just like all the things that like normal humans need to access and having to just like jump through ridiculous hoops for it um so it was something that I was always pretty interested in and then uh I was taking some classes around um health and health access and got really interested in reproductive health stuff um, i have been interested in being a healthcare provider for a while which i'm actually going to nursing school this fall to pursue a master's degree to like be a healthcare provider which i'm super excited about uh, and so i kind of realized that i wanted to do that and so undergraduate i took some classes um that had to do with like our healthcare system and I did some, like, specific research projects around, like, pregnancy and birthing and that sort of thing, um, and just, like, how people navigate those systems, and how they access, like, different resources that are available to them, Um, and I don't, I think it was just somebody that I was working on a project with or something mentioned um, Full Spectrum Doulas, which is an organization in Seattle, Washington, Uh, and so I looked them up, and they were offering a abortion doula training like a week from when I looked them up and I was like oh shit I really want to do this um so I signed up and I went to it and it was awesome um and it was actually it happened like it was just like weird timing because it happened like two days after like Trump was elected for the first time so everyone was just sort of like at the training um but it was like a cool space to be in especially with that heavy on our minds of like knowing that there are going to be like more like, restrictions and attacks on, like, reproductive care and specifically abortion access. Um, But it was also a little bit different because we were in Washington, which is, like, a very blue state. So, you know, access was, like, relatively easy compared to other places. Um, And then I linked up with some other people uh, in the area that had also gone through the training or were interested in, like, providing abortion support services. And we started a little collective um, to just provide like practical support like childcare, housing, housing, uh, transportation, because even in even out in Washington, there was only like one Planned Parenthood clinic to serve like multiple counties. So a lot of people had to drive in from out of town to, to access abortion services. Um, and then we also provided like emotional support because several of us were trained abortion doulas. Um, and so that's kind of how I got started. And then moving back to Iowa, I knew I wanted to keep doing that work. but. I also knew I didn't really want to just like volunteer with Planned Parenthood. I have a right. long, a lot of long-standing beef with Planned Parenthood, <laughs> um, which is part Ballad. of this, which we can also get into because they yeah. Yeah. actively get in the way of like grassroots abortion organizing. Um, and it's weird to say that they are sort of our enemies, but sometimes they are sort of our enemy.
0: I've heard from uh, other people that they'll take credit for, like, um, other people's organizing efforts, and they'll kind of swoop And in
1: they union at, like, bust like the their yeah. staff, like, mm-hmm. it, like yep. it's their job. Um, I, I also have a lot of beef with Planned Parenthood, and I think that we definitely should talk about it, because I think that, like, oh, no. we right now are in a moment where like a lot of people like i think have the desire to get involved um in fighting for abortion rights where maybe they weren't doing something before but like don't know where to put that energy towards and i'm already seeing a lot of like people on their own like launching fundraisers for planned parenthood and i keep trying to tell them like they they do not need your money this is a giant nonprofit that has tons and tons of money coming in all the time but there are like people um in your community that you just you need to go like figure out um who needs money there and give it to them instead um but i yeah i think um for people who don't know what does uh, an abortion doula do
2: yes thank you for asking that so um we provide like emotional support and spiritual support informational support and a lot of times practical support um, to somebody seeking an abortion so i've done everything from uh, just like some all options counseling which could look like you know just talking to someone one-on-one and having like a intense compassionate conversation with them and helping them kind of work through like okay you know i'm pregnant i don't know what to do here are your options you can have an abortion you can parent or you can pursue adoption. Like those are your three options. And so kind of like working through those three options with them and figuring out which one works the best. Um, Sometimes it's, I do a lot of like kind of follow-up support. So people who like had abortions, didn't have much support during them, and then just like need somebody to process with um, after the fact. And then also it looks like being there physically with someone when they have an abortion. So either being in the clinic with them um, throughout the procedure and providing like physical comfort measures um, or like being at home with them if they're using pills or other techniques. Um, and yeah, like again, providing physical comfort measures because abortions are uncomfortable. It's like a, you know, it's your body is cramping and doing things. And so um A lot of like distractions and massage and like hot and cold therapy and stuff like that is really necessary. And just, you know, making sure someone's like eating and staying hydrated and taking the pain medication when they're supposed to and all that stuff. Um, Sometimes it looks like watching their children for them, you know, when they're going through the procedure um, or finding them a place to stay in a town where there is a clinic, especially in Iowa, we only have like a small handful of clinics that provide abortions. Um, so yeah, it looks really, really different. Uh, but yeah, basically the whole idea of a doula is just somebody who's there to like support you and like accept you and like help you uh, make hard decisions and get through like difficult transitions in life.
1: Yeah, when I um, got an abortion, I had an abortion doula um, help me with that and it was it was super, super helpful because I didn't have a car that worked and so they like drove me to where I was supposed to go. They then like did a grocery run for me and they even like showed up to my house the like next few days after to like walk my dog for me. So it was, I mean, like kind of random, the stuff that they did to help out, but it was, it was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I just know that that might not be like a term that everyone is uh, aware of. And I, you've like already started talking about it, but I guess I'm like interested in how the work that you're doing now, like what obstacles are different now that you are in Iowa rather than Washington, like what um, things did you have to adapt
2: to um, in your work? Great question. Um, I think just like the measures that people have to like go through to like even get an appointment, like it just works differently here. You know, like the Planned Parenthood in the Midwest is different from the Planned Parenthood on the West Coast. Um, like they're different affiliates. So just that whole process looks different. We have one independent abortion clinic in Iowa, which is awesome, it's called the Emma Goldman Clinic. They're so badass, Um But uh, yeah, just kind of like finding out like what, where those clinics are and like what their intake process looks like. Um, another like huge barrier, part of the reason I ended up joining the Iowa Abortion Access Fund, uh, was because I, like, kind of quickly realized in Iowa, one of the biggest barriers to accessing abortion is um, being able to pay for it. Because uh, in Iowa, I mean, I think it's like this a lot of places, but when you get an abortion, the payments do upfront, like the day of your appointment, um, mm-hmm. you can't do a payment plan or anything like that. And in Iowa, uh, like a lot of other states, any sort of, like, state or federal, like, well, no federal health insurance can cover abortion, but like no state insurance can cover abortion. So if you're on um, like any sort of insurance, like public insurance, it won't pay for any of it. Uh, and abortions are expensive. Uh, the cheapest option right now in Iowa to get like a medication abortion, like taking some pills um, is like $730. And that's just for the appointment. That's not any of the like travel or childcare or lodging or like transportation costs. Um, so that's like, somebody has to come up with $730 in like a matter of like a week sometimes. Um, and then if they're beyond the 10 week, uh, gestational age, they have to have a procedural abortion, which can be up to like $2,000. Um, so it's a lot of money. Uh, and it depend, like, depending on the clinic staff that you talk to, they might offer you some resources, and they might not. Um, So like, a lot of people in Iowa who are seeking abortion, like might not even know that there are funds out there that will just like pay for it, right? Or um, whereas like, this is such a big difference from Washington, where, like, their state health insurance covered the cost of abortion for everyone no matter what you literally filled out a form you didn't need a social security number you didn't have to have insurance you just filled out a form and like submitted it and then they just like paid for your abortion and it was like so so like when i was doing like abortion organizing in washington cost for as far as like the procedure went cost was like never an issue because this was like a super easy and simple form to fill out um, you know, of course it's still filling out a form, uh, and it was only available in English. So you did need an advocate or somebody there to help you with it. If, um, you couldn't read or write, or if you can read or write English. Um, but they had like healthcare workers would help you with that, you know? So, I mean, again, it wasn't a perfect system and it wasn't, um, easy for everyone to access, but it was a, like heck of a lot easier than what people have to go through in Iowa to pay for abortions. Um, and so, you know, just knowing that, that, folks in Iowa, a huge reason somebody might not be able to get an abortion is just because they don't have 700 bucks to spare. Um, and they don't have anyone they can ask to loan them 700 bucks. So, um, that just like fucking sucks. yeah, uh, cause people in Iowa are poor, um, and having a baby is really expensive and being pregnant is really expensive. Um, and you know, people are like so much more likely to, like fall into like poverty if they like have a child that they wanted to seek an abortion for but weren't able to right like there have been mm-hmm. studies where like you're four times more likely to like live in poverty if you want an abortion but can't afford it so you have to like become a parent um and yeah so it's just like all of this awful stuff um that just like makes it a heck of a lot easier for wealthy people to do things here. Like it is easier everywhere. It's almost like the state sets things up just for them. Yeah. Um, Well, And and, um,
1: like like going through the adoption process also, like as a person that's like going to give birth, like that's very expensive because you still have to pay for like your own healthcare during that time. And Mm -hmm. so it's, um, Frustrating when people bring that up as like an equal, um, Mm -hmm. like an equally useful solution to an abortion. Like even putting aside that someone has to go through the like trauma of giving birth and whatever like side effects they might experience after that. Not to mention like the cost of being pregnant that whole time and maybe having to take time off of work to go to doctor's appointments. Like all of those things are really expensive. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Not to mention how frenetic your health is uh, when you are pregnant. Um, Like you're, this baby is, you know, I don't want to like make it seem like, you know, a baby is, is (laughs) like just leeching off of you in that way, but it does like take away a lot of it's it does take a away a lot of your nutrients yeah. in order for it to, you know, create... Because it can't create its own. You know, you have people talk about how, like, they get wiggly teeth when they're pregnant. They faint all the time. And, they st- and, you know, when you faint, you're going to have to go to the hospital because, like, you, your life is now responsible for another life as well. So, And, you know, both of you are so tied together that, like, if they're dying, you're dying. Um, yeah. So it's very... Like, it's, it's a completely frenetic lifestyle that you're leading uh, while you're pregnant, where it's very unpredictable um, what's gonna happen to you day to day. Like if you're working and you're pregnant, like there's, there's a reason um, that a lot of other countries have you go on bed rest for like a full year. Um, and it's because it takes a huge toll on your body. Um, and then if you're fainting and you're going to the hospital in the US, like what are you getting like a $700 bill? Um, like every other week, who knows? Um, you, you kind of already touched on like how different, like now we kind of have a comparative, uh, (laughs) a comparison between like, um, Washington and Iowa. And you did say it was kind of, um, a rough start to kind of adjust to. Um, how different it was. So like, what was the work like when you started? Um, and like, how well, like, has in, that
1: in Iowa, like yeah, what in Iowa like specifically, <laughs> because I know that there have been some changes with the laws. There I was um, reading into it a little bit that like the, there was a heartbeat law that was passed. And then that, I think that's been like frozen by the Supreme court um, for the time being, but like your governor is already now starting to talk about like trying to introduce that again, which would be, similar to the law that's in Texas where you cannot get an abortion after six weeks because that's, um, allegedly, um, <laughs> when the yes. fetus starts having a heartbeat, um, and like six weeks is, is nothing. Um, most people like if they have an irregular period wouldn't notice that they have missed their period after six weeks. Um, but yeah, so I'm just interested in like what the, the trajectory has been like since you started like organizing in Iowa to what it's like now.
2: Yeah, um, so somewhat luckily in Iowa, we had a legal precedent set um, several years back that basically said abortion was protected by the Iowa Constitution. Um, and this was like the Iowa Supreme Court at the time Um, in reaction to like, they tried to, cause every year they try, you know, they always introduce these like gross anti-abortion laws um, and they try to push them through and then they immediately get challenged and taken to court and an injunction is filed, which means that like the law can't go into effect until the like court hearing has happened and everything. Um, So we had like a very tiny bit of protection against these gross like restrictions for a while um but actually just earlier this month um the new Iowa Supreme Court with a bunch of new disgusting fascist judges on it um overturned that previous legal precedent and they allowed a 24 hour waiting period to take effect in July um so without a like state level legal protection without a federal level like constitutional protection um we're anticipating abortion will become illegal in iowa within the next few months possibly within the next month um depending on just like how quickly they act um because yeah i know that our governor kim reynolds piece of garbage um which i think she's also trying to like be trump's running mate which is (laughs) like disgusting for her but i'm also like oh at least she'll be gone from here um But, uh, yeah, she wants to pass that fetal heartbeat bullshit thing, which is like a six week, um, ban. And for folks who don't know what like six weeks means, uh, when we say like gestational age, how like medically and legally gestational age is defined is by the first day of your last period. Um, so when you're talking about being six weeks pregnant, it's not six weeks since you had sex um, and your like egg ovum was like fertilized, it's six weeks since the first day of your last period. So on that timeline, you could be two weeks pregnant before you actually like have sex. Um, so most people when they're six weeks pregnant, have no idea that they're pregnant, unless you like are really closely monitoring your uh, menstruation cycle, if you have a regular cycle to monitor, or if you're just like taking pregnancy tests all the time, just to make sure Um, other than that. Yeah. It's pretty like difficult uh, for people to know that they're pregnant that early. Um, A lot of people don't even like have symptoms um, when they're at the six week mark of like things that, you know, they might clock as like, huh, like my body feels and is like being different. Maybe I'm pregnant. Um, So yeah, the six week ban is basically a total ban um on abortions and that's probably what we're looking at uh if not a total ban um for iowans within the next few months
1: cool love love that uh (laughs) yeah god that really it really fucking sucks um and i think that that like explanation is really important because i think that like a lot of people who are not like thinking about it in practical terms yet like who haven't had to um like think about pursuing an abortion or something like the idea of being six weeks pregnant like you're thinking like six weeks from the time that you got pregnant rather than from your last period and even even if it were that it would be very difficult um to track and to figure out like not to mention like setting up appointments and
0: stuff um yeah, even I think, the time that you uh, from the time that you've had sex to the time it gestates, uh it it's a it's a very wide window. Um yeah. so like if you if you don't know that um the sex you had resulted in like possible gestation, like you're you know, out in the wind uh yeah, for god knows how long. Yeah.
1: Um well I yeah, I was gonna ask, like, so now that like Roe versus Wade has been overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court, like what is the focus of the work that you're doing at the moment to like prepare for um, this thing that is probably coming?
2: Yeah. Um, so. Luckily, there are like a lot of existing partnerships and networks between different states. So uh, like, for example, the Iowa Abortion Access Fund, we work really closely with um, local clinics and local abortion funds in the surrounding states. Um, And we have to because even like before all of this, like people still had to travel for abortions. Like we would see a lot of people coming to Iowa from states that had waiting periods or sometimes they honestly just there would be, you know, like to abortion clinics and they could not get an appointment at them right like because they were so booked out so they would have to travel to a different state anyway um so we work pretty closely with a lot of the funds and surrounding states to like support each other and like make sure that people's like costs are covered there are some really awesome funds like the midwest access coalition that specifically gives money for like travel and lodging and childcare, um and like all of those things that people will need instead of outside of the just the like bill that the clinic gives you um so uh we're just meeting with them like every other day like uh wisconsin abortion is illegal in wisconsin now with the overturning of roe v wade so we sort of all the funds sort of gathered around wisconsin and we were like what can we do where are people going to go how can we make sure that they have money and information and all of this stuff um so those networks are like really important and i'm really happy about them uh we've also seen at least in Iowa, there have been some more like local, like smaller networks that have popped up, which is really rad. We have um, an organization now in Iowa called the Iowa Jane Collective, um, and they're super cool. They they have like a hotline where they provide information to people about, um, you know, where they can get an abortion. They provide information about, uh, like plan C pills, which is a campaign to like help people access, uh, abortion pills by ordering them online. They provide free pregnancy tests and they provide free emergency contraception. Um, so that's been super cool. And they have people like all over the state who are part of this network of just like getting people resources and information and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, they're super badass. And I'm like very lucky to be one of their volunteers to help like distribute supplies and stuff. That's
1: really cool. It sounds like there's like a increased need then for like funding right now too, because like there are like less, like there are states where abortion is like fully illegal. There's going to be more need for people to travel, um, and like find lodging, um, and also like pay for the cost itself of an abortion. So like, like more fundraising right now that like needs to be done in order to make sure that everyone that needs it can access that care
2: yeah definitely and we it's kind of like gross because every time something big like this happened i mean obviously this is like the biggest thing right like roe mm-hmm. v wade being overturned is like the most like direct like fascist thing that our government has done within the us i think like from like a legal perspective in at least my lifetime um, and a lot of other people's lifetimes. But, but yeah, like when the draft leaked in May or, you know, when the Iowa legislature introduces some gross anti-abortion bill, we always see like a huge uptick in donations, mm-hmm. which is like cool. Cause we're like, yes, we need that money, but also like feels weird to be happy about it because it's like coming from a bad place or about bad time. I don't know. But um yeah. we have a shit ton of money right now. We have basically oh my God, I think we're close to have raised raising like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars since Friday morning, Ooh. which we're a very small abortion fund. Our right. whole annual budget for twenty twenty was a hundred thousand dollars. And that was like ambitious of us. We were like, Whoa, this is like the biggest yearly budget we've ever had. Like, how are you gonna fundraise it all? And we've like more than doubled that in like four days. So mm-hmm. that is pretty like awesome to see um but i mean it it all go all the money we raise just goes to people who need abortion care um and you know we see like up to 80 people just in iowa every month that um need us to help pay for their abortions uh and we know that's just going to increase this month with people traveling out of state and like i said abortions are fucking expensive so yeah, like we always, always need more money because yeah. it's just gonna, we can like spend it pretty much as fast as we get it if we want to. Like there are always like more costs to occur and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, healthcare is super expensive. Yeah, um, I don't think a like lot of people $150, realize, like $150,000 is a lot of money. But also I remember like when my, my dad had a heart attack, the um, ambulance ride from like it the, the town that we're that we're from is so small. Um, it could not be more than like two miles, and the ambulance ride was a hundred thousand. Um, so just oh like God. it's always the I, ambulance. Yeah, ride. they get. I think you people with that. Ridiculous. don't realize like how much funding is like needed in order to continue like giving people access to this care because like yeah, like yeah, healthcare was... is super expensive. If there's any complications that come up, like that has to be paid for also, and it's already a a big cost to start with. Um, I can I, also like,
0: like... yeah. Um, like, see why you're, you're like, you feel this dilemma with people giving an influx now. Um, Like, I was telling Cerise before we started, like, uh, it's similar to how, like, you know, during, like, a natural disaster, you see a lot of the, like, the Red Cross and all these, like, blood donation centers get an influx of blood that they can't even use um, by the time they get around to it. Um, And, like, you get... Um, you get influxes during, and then afterwards, you get like radio silence from everybody. And it's important to just keep up, um, like monthly fundraising, and keep like if you're listening, at least like it's important to um, like check in monthly, especially as this has become more and more extreme. Um, this isn't just you know like obviously you said like this is probably the biggest thing um, that has happened, but. Uh, it's, it's ongoing now, like more yeah. than ever, um, you know, like obviously uh, cause you guys get, you were saying before, like Iowa gets a bill like every month um, this heartbeat bill or one of the other stupid bills they're trying to put forward, um, you know, abortion organizers and hopefully other people um, have known this was coming for a while, even like before the leak um, of the draft um, so at least a lot of people were anticipating, were preparing, were ready for when something like this happens. Um, so, and you kind of already touched on the work, the focus of the work at the moment is, is mostly fundraising, but is there kind of anything else that you're
2: mainly focusing on? Um, we've connected with some really awesome lawyers who are mm. uh, doing some like legal analysis and stuff. It's really hard to know like exactly what um activity is going to be the most risky after uh like more laws are passed and more restrictions are implemented um especially because it's like we don't it'll vary like county to county depending on the da right of like who is willing to bring charges against people for certain things and um we're still trying to figure out like what happens if like we in Iowa help pay for somebody's procedure who came from Texas, right? Because they have that, that you can sue people who like aid somebody with getting an abortion. So we're like, are we opening ourselves up to like individual or organizational lawsuits? Like it is so confusing. So a big focus Mm -hmm. um, has just been like security culture and like Mm -hmm. helping people get prepared and like kind of learning how, you know, your phone is always listening and it's a cop and like you need to start using encrypted email and text messages and, you know, like search engines like don't use Google. Like, <laughs> Google will sell all of your Do information not. to the police. Um, so just like educating folks on things like that, too, and kind of trying to um anticipate, uh, the, like what people might be facing, um, like prosecution for, I mean, we have no idea what that'll look like in Iowa. There haven't been, as far as I'm aware, there haven't been cases of somebody, um, being prosecuted for an abortion or a miscarriage in Iowa. Um, but I mean, we do know that it will be poor people and it will be likely non-white people who, uh, face the like most legal repercussions for this work. So also just kind of helping people who like, Want to get plugged in or already plugged in, like do some like risk assessment of like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, and making sure that like they're being as safe as they can be, depending on, you know, how vulnerable they might be to, um, any of that like state violence.
0: Yeah. Yeah, We're, we're hopefully, we're hopefully going to be linking to a, um, like an OPSEC, uh, doc that has, um, some really accessible language on like how to encrypt. Data on your phone, in particular, and protect yourself with your mobile phone because most people now have mobile phones. Uh, not everybody has a laptop, but a lot of people have mobile phones because they need it for work or whatever. It's usually slight a slightly more accessible thing financially. Um, so hopefully, we'll have that in in the links below if you need it. Um, yeah, we're getting into the criminal element of abortion organizing right now. It's it's, it's we're still dealing with like what we're what like five six days uh since the official ruling so um it's all kind of nebulous right now like you said but it's still it's it's really confusing and hard to figure out um because it's some states have made it illegal to give abortive care um and some states have made it illegal for you to assist uh regardless of like what state line you cross um what can you kind of tell us about like Uh, ways that you've learned in the past couple days to protect your own security in like receiving a board of care and organizing like without obviously like revealing any info that would like compromise security like what
2: privacy steps are you taking and planning on taking yeah um so getting things encrypted is a great first step um if you can afford like a private VPN like server I'm not a big tech person but luckily I have uh some friends who know a lot about this who have been um really great resources uh so I also definitely have some links that I can send to link people to to learn more about this um a big concern for us um is people getting doxxed? So like having their, um, private information, um, and their family's information, like posted publicly online and opening them up to a lot of like harassment and violence. Um, so there are even ways that you can just kind of go through and make sure that, uh, the websites that those like disgusting, like people find your websites or like white pages mm-hmm. or something where you can like, look someone up and like, find their address, find their phone number, find, you know, their relatives. Like there are ways that you can clear your information from those sites. And that's a really great step to take for some privacy, like locking down your social media accounts and even being aware of like, you know, if somebody were to see your social media account, could they figure out where you live? Right. Like, can they figure out like Mm -hmm. who your family members and your friends are and where they live and stuff? Um, so just kind of like being aware of, of that, um, I think also like making connections now with people that like you trust and starting like some signal group chats with disappearing messages uh, in case, you know, you decide that you're in a position where you can take on some more risky or illegal activity, um, like getting kind of linked up with those people. Uh, And then, yeah, just not being public about the stuff that you do like I've seen I haven't been on social media very much this past week because I've just like been super overwhelmed with a lot of other things that are going on but like I've seen there have been posts where people are like oh if you need an abortion you can come to my right, house I yeah. no. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what the fuck like you literally uh-huh. just made yourself a target for this you made anyone who associates with you a target for this like why it drives would me you, crazy like, because why like why would you
0: say that it's so clear a lot yeah. of these people haven't dealt with like um being like a a target for like like they haven't been deemed a suspicious person before like ever in their life or dealt or like known anyone who has cuz like that's the exact kind of way you get like cops Uh, pretending to need an abortion and coming to your Mm -hmm. house and like uh, doing a sting operation. Very like, (laughs) it's like a textbook. It's
1: also just like what happens when you try to do organizing without getting in touch with anyone in your community at all. And so you have to make some sort of like public facing statement when like maybe the thing to do would actually be like to ask around about like, Hey, is there someone that I can give my address to, so that if there's someone that like needs to be in my area to get an abortion, they can stay with me rather than like putting it online? Because not only does that a put you of a drug. at, so, yeah, <laughs> and think. not only does it put you at risk, it's it's also like not really that helpful because unless someone is already following you um, and is able to see that, like, how is anyone going to then be like, oh, cool, like. Here is someone that i can stay with but like being available for doing that sort of thing is is actually very helpful um yeah so we we are uh like anti rocking the vote on big soy naturals we we love to shit on voting um because it is (laughs) i think I mean, it is the most important. It is the most important election of our lifetime. It's coming up right now, and I don't care who you vote for, just as long as you vote. Stop. And I'm going to be here for the rest of the day taking signatures <laughs> for a petition that is going to be on the ballot, and it's going to be a, a ballot measure that says, "Do you think voting is important? Yes or no." Um, but <laughs> like. I think, yeah, another um, annoying thing that we're seeing right now, and I feel like we see every time like the state does something that is horrific and evil, is people like reminding us of the importance of voting. Um, I know that like your governor would be up for re-election soon, like in November, the same time that midterms are, which is helpfully um, what our vice president reminded us of when, uh, she was asked, like, are we going to be doing anything about this? And she was like, well, there's an election soon. Um, (laughs) please give me $5. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was wondering like in a state where like, maybe electoral organizing, like, is not going to be the most effective use of your time. Like what is it that like, you and other people do to like build um like political power that like allows people to like access abortions when they need them because i think that people um generally lack uh imagination um because even even if we could all rock the vote in november um, and i'm not really sure what that would do about the supreme court but even if that was the case there's a lot of time between now and november and i think telling people just to vote is leaving out like all of the people that are going to need um care between now and then um so yeah just i'm interested in like what you um have found is like effective in like building political power
2: yeah um i completely agree uh the iowa democratic party is just like fully garbage and any sort of like giving your time to them is such a waste Um, they, like, are actively against any sort of, like, progressive candidate that tries to run in our state, Um, and they, yeah, are just so fucking evil, and all they care about is fundraising and voting, and that, like, I, we did some, like, statewide um, responses over the weekend where we worked with organizers in, like, rural areas and, like, more, like, cities or across the state to, like, have rallies and, like, educational events and, you know, just kind of whatever they wanted to do on the ground, we tried to support it. Um, But yeah, oh my god, we just could not work with any of the Dems because they were just, like, so awful and could only talk about voting and fundraising (laughs) Um, and we were just like yeah that's none of our messaging right now like y'all can go do your own thing whatever but like we're not gonna like help with it or uplift it because like what the fuck Um, and I I have an answer to your question uh, because that's something we have been thinking about a lot is like yeah what do we do right now there's so many people that are out there who like want to be engaged and like are looking for something to like tangible to do Um, And we want to get to them before the Democratic Party does uh, and like sucks the life out of them um, and leaves them to die. But uh, just a really quick something that around voting that has been um, giving me a lot of joy uh, these past few days is like so a lot of my friends, I like know them through abortion organizing. Right. So we like talk about this a lot. Um, And Friday, like after the SCOTUS decision came down, one of my friends um, was talking to this guy on Tinder or Bumble or something. um, And he had heard the news about road calling. (laughs) Um, And in an attempt, he was trying to attempt to like comfort my friend who is like a cis woman. And he was like, babe, I would vote right now if I could. No. (laughs) And she just like screenshotted that and sent it it to all of us. (laughs) And she was like, don't worry don't worry babe i'm in line to vote yeah <laughs> don't worry everyone in line. brandon's got it stay in line if you're
1: listening and you're in line stay in line
2: <laughs> oh my god the polls don't, don't get out don't of line
1: <laughs> they don't close until Never. until the line's over stay in line
2: <laughs> so we're like yeah we just gotta get shit. in line right now for mm-hmm. those polls we just gotta stay in line till november no it's so fucking stupid um but a lot of what we've been calling people to do are uh, things around, like, meeting people who are also interested in this support work. So just, like, hosting, like, small community-led events where you can just, like, talk to people and make connections about um, this type of organizing and also to, like, identify, like, needs in your area um, and also identify, like, resources in your area that need, like, some uplifting or some fundraising or some support because like things look very differently city to city, town to town. Um, like I was working with some really awesome rural organizers who kind of in response to this, they had a protest outside of their local health clinic, like the only health clinic, like hospital in like the area, because it's a Catholic hospital. So they don't, um, like do birth control for people. And so that's like a huge, you know, like people in that town, like, really have a hard time accessing birth control. And like, that's an issue that like needs to be addressed locally. Um, and that's not an issue where I live, you know, like, I don't know about that. So I think it's just like making sure people are, um, like getting involved on like a smaller scale instead of trying to plug into some statewide or nationwide thing, because that like those statewide things aren't going to be able to like address the needs of like your neighbors. Right. Um, right. And we're holding some like virtual spaces as well to like invite people from across the state uh, to join because we also recognize like there are a lot of places in Iowa where even just like showing up to an abortion rally can be really risky for you, right? Like, or for your family or for your business or whatever because there's some really like gross fucking people in Iowa. Um, We already had like two instances of like cars trying to hit protesters uh just Mm -hmm. this weekend in Iowa like not even protesters that were like marching in the street protesters that were just like crossing the street on a crosswalk um Mm -hmm. to like get to the event or to leave the event and we had a couple instances of people getting like struck by cars um which everyone is like there were no fatalities or anything like luckily people responded really well to like help get people out of harm's way but like yeah, that shit's just, just, like, really scary. And as someone who's seen, like, car, like, violence like that as a pro- at a protest, like, it just, it does, like, emotional damage too, right? Like, it's very, anyway, mm-hmm. so there's just, like, depending on where someone lives, there's a, a lot of different risk levels to getting involved with this. And, you know, we always want to, and I always want to, like, be mindful of that, that, like, I don't know what it's like for someone in a rural community trying to plug into this work. So I never want to tell them, like, what they, like, should be doing or have to do because that I don't have to deal with the like risks that they have to deal with mm-hmm. um so we try to like kind of offer or like we try to think about like a lot of different ways that people can get plugged into this um, so we have some like virtual spaces and virtual trainings that we're offering um, putting up like posters and flyers in your like neighborhood in your community is such an awesome uh way to do things and we have a lot of posters that we've made with like Iowa specific resources Um, so people can learn about like, where do I get an abortion in Iowa? How do I pay for it? What emotional support is available? Um, we're also like encouraging people to, uh, get their hands on some sort of emergency contraception. Um, uh, if you have like health insurance, it's pretty easy to get a prescription for it. And like, it's very cheap or free and either like make that available to the people around you or donating it to one of like several organizations that can give it out for free to people. Mm -hmm um Also just like encouraging people to learn about how to like order abortion pills online, um, which is uh, a more risky thing and a little bit more expensive um, but it is an option for people in a lot of states. Uh, well it's an option for people in all 50 states, but the legality differs state to state um, but you are allowed to order abortion pills online uh, even if you're not pregnant um, and you know that might be. smart thing to do for some people or if they have you know the financial ability to do it that would be cool um we also you know are encouraging people to donate or host a fundraiser um for various like local uh places not like Planned Parenthood or a candidate or like NARAL um, because they do not need your money like abortion funds and local clinics and mutual aid groups need your money um even just like uh having some sort of like educational or story sharing event even if it's really small even if it's not like open to the public you know there are a lot of really cool like documentaries that you can watch about um different things or there's a really awesome organization called like provide inc and they do free trainings for like anyone about how to make referrals for abortion care um And it could be anyone like social workers or healthcare workers or, you know, people who just, anyone who like comes in contact with pregnant people pretty much, or anyone who like comes in contact with people from the general world um, can get this training for free. And it's really cool. And they give you a lot of resources on like how to make those referrals in like a compassionate um, and trauma informed way. We're also calling on people to take action against their local crisis pregnancy centers. So in a lot of places across the nation, but especially in the Midwest and in Iowa, we have a ton of these like fake clinics. Um, You can Google it and like learn more about them, but they're like really nasty and like really insidious. And they basically like pretend to be abortion clinics. They like pretend to be healthcare like providers and they're not, they're like religious, like private organizations. Um, and they like lie to and shame people into like not getting abortions pretty much. Uh, they're really gross. And we have some disgusting ones pretty much in every single town in Iowa. So, you know, taking action could be like, like leaving negative reviews online for them and making sure, you know, if somebody Googles it and it because if you go to Google and type in like abortion services, a lot of these like fake clinics are going to pop up. So like leaving negative online reviews so people know what's up. Um, You can organize, like, a phone zap with your friends to, like, clog up their phone lines for a day and just, like, let them know that you don't want them there. Um, You can, you know, just, like, hold posters outside of them and let people know, like, this is not a safe place to go for services, provide alternatives. Um, There's also a really cool group uh, that's called Jane's Revenge that has been um, taking some more direct action tactics against uh, crisis pregnancy centers, uh, which, you know, I'm, like not encouraging anyone to do anything illegal obviously of course because we love to vote and <laughs> yeah, we love to follow love the law to vote. we do um but you know they like do some spray paint and do some like window smashing and and fire setting and stuff which is uh, a form of direct action that a lot of the time works so mm-hmm. um you know a lot of a lot of different tactics and risk levels to to uh Consider And then we also, of course, we want people to um, support the Planned Parenthood uh, union right. because uh, that's like, that's a big yeah. thing in Iowa right now. And the, you know, Nash or whatever corporate Planned Parenthood is like literally hiring expensive union busting lawyers right now instead of like, Working with their employees and like providing care to people, so that's just like where their priorities are at. So
1: I was gonna say that like you know with one hundred fifty thousand dollars, like you and like the people that you organize with could do a lot. Planned Parenthood would maybe send like flyers to like five thousand people that like ask them to donate five dollars they love sending me big
0: envelopes you know that are just filled with like like send this envelope back with 15 dollars in it and i'm like the amount of money that you spent sending me this giant envelope that contains one tiny piece of paper could probably that's probably 15 dollars like, why don't but you maybe know, now, not send with, with
1: the this hypothetical hundred fifty thousand dollars, like maybe they would just like give one of their union busting lawyers like a little bit more money. They'd pay for a couple more hours of their time. Because probably, yeah, I would actually really love to talk about why Planned Parenthood sucks because I think that like more people need to know about. I mean, just like nonprofits in general um, are not. Great. And I think national nonprofits, like in particular, they have like really bloated budgets that like do not distribute the money that they are given to do the work that they do in a way that like benefits the communities that they claim to work for or the like actual workers that do like the day to day work, like of those nonprofits. Like, that is a, um, a big part of why the Planned Parenthood workers are unionizing and like we can link to some of the things that like they've shared and I know that there's a couple like social media accounts also um like for the different like Planned Parenthood unionizing efforts but I would I would love to talk about why they suck because I am tired of seeing people fundraise for Planned Parenthood because like if a if like an individual person is able to like call on all their friends and get them to like donate like $2,000 altogether, like, that's a really big deal. And then for it to just like go to Planned Parenthood, where they're gonna do like fuck all with it when that could maybe pay for like two people's abortions or like one person's like transportation and stay like in a in a town like, it just really sucks
0: yeah it's pissing the money away honestly um (laughs) in a lot of ways um you know i hate to be harsh to miss olivia rodrigo and uh, her compatriots who've been putting together fundraisers for planned parenthood but um miss rodrigo i really hope your agent um i hope you fire your agent (laughs) okay (laughs) i hope you fire your pr team because that was not good
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely where all the celebrities are going to be fundraising for because Mm -hmm. it's, like, the most recognizable name, but, um, just, like, as someone that's, like, doing the work that you're doing, like, yeah, I would be really interested in learning what your experiences are.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, um... (sighs) I'll just start by saying that like I have friends and people that I organize with who work in like the Planned Parenthood clinics and like provide healthcare to people and some of them are like really amazing and like really committed to their jobs and I think that if like the workers like ran these places we would have like an actually decent healthcare system and there would just be like free clinics and people could like receive the care that they wanted when they wanted. Um, and yeah, it would be, the world would be a lot better. Um, but unfortunately the workers at Planned Parenthood are not in charge of anything. Um, and they get no say in like any decision that Planned Parenthood makes. Um, and they get paid very little, um, and they get treated like shit, which is why they're unionizing. Um, which I just think is such an amazing move because there's also just this sort of culture of like, Oh, well you, you can't shit on Planned Parenthood. Right. Like we need them. Like, uh, you know, they, they do such good work. Like, and, um, I think it's like really, really fucking brave for the Planned Parenthood employees to be like unionizing, especially right now. Um, and I can't even imagine how much shit they're getting for it. Um, like Planned Parenthood loves to be like, oh, you're being divisive. You're being div. They tell me that so much. I work with some Planned Parenthood organizers and they're like, you're being too divisive, Frida. Um, But I'm like, no, like y'all are the ones that are such a stick in the mud that like will never change your like ways or views and always put yourself and your money first. So yeah, I'm sure they're just like, oh, our employees are like dividing us. We need to come together right now and all this shit. But it's like not like, Everyone hates you. A Um, classic, everyone hates you. Yeah. (laughs) You're bullying us. (laughs) I think,
1: like, a leaked email. I'm not sure which Planned Parenthood this is. It it might be one in, like, the, the Pacific Northwest, but just like where. They were like, at, at the moment that we're in right now, like in our in our political culture, like it's just not um, it's not in the interest of unity for all of you to be asking for like oh a, a raise and you know and they, and they're like you have to think about like the care of our patients as if the the workers who are like actually the ones providing care are not thinking about the people that they work with, um, but it's it's just such a common like. Disorganizing tactic in the nonprofit world where like people are directly serving communities and then the like Bosses of those nonprofits will claim that the people who are doing that direct work are like negatively impacting it by asking to make more than like minimum wage Um it's, yeah, it's very frustrating. And as if I have like like no making, personal experience
0: with this. Making minimum <laughs> wage, none at all. Not at all. Uh, 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 it's it, As if, like, making minimum wage and being mistreated by your workplace doesn't affect the work that you're doing for these people that, um, like, you consider to be, like, the, of the utmost importance. You know, if you're doing um, work for people who need abortions, can you really be doing, like, your your best work if you're overworked underpaid and you know unable to you know live like your day-to-day life much less like your day-to-day life at work um on the meager salary that you're uh, accruing you know when you have a oh, yeah. especially from a nonprofit that uh has millions of dollars um is absolutely ridiculous and vile and I, well, I always these... really hate the whole like you're bullying us, like you're we're you're separating <laughs> us right now.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: it's just. But it's a lot so... of these nonprofits are like,
1: um, they like build the way that they like uh, structure their work towards burning people out, mm-hmm. um, and so it doesn't really matter if like people are saying like we're working too many hours or. Like we're not making enough money or something because they're just trying to get like as much value as they can out of those people before they leave. Which is actually why I think like supporting the Planned Parenthood Union would be great because it Mm -hmm. would hopefully like provide those workers with the sustainability that they need in order to like keep doing what they're doing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think, okay, so we've we've established maybe that Planned Parenthood is terrible um, and also just like don't give your money to national organizations. I also think like, right, I guess I know from experience in doing like any kind of like organizing that's around an issue, like when that issue is in the news, um, like there are suddenly a lot of people who want to get involved in it. Like there's tons of protests that are happening right now Um, to support, like, abortion rights in basically every major city. Um, And I think that, like, sometimes, like, first, when a lot of people want to get involved in something at once, like, organizations get overwhelmed, like, they don't have the capacity to, like, help all of these people, like, get plugged into things. And also, like, people who don't have previous experience in organizing, like, want, to take on like a lot more than they actually have capacity for because they like haven't figured out yet what they're really capable of taking on and then mm. sometimes they, they ghost um and so i think like for people who are wanting to get into um like reproductive justice like abortion rights organizing right now like what would you recommend to someone who's like brand new? Like, how do you figure out what your capacity is and what work you take on? Um, or And like, how do you find maybe like community organizations that like need assistance and offer something that is helpful?
2: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, it probably looks very different depending on like where someone is located, but I would really encourage folks to like uh, either like, get involved with existing mutual aid projects or start your own. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with, like, the concept of mutual aid, I think, like, do some work and learn about it. There are some really awesome resources online. Dean Spade has a whole website with, like, a ton of great, like, how to start your own mutual aid group guides. Um, And it's not something you do on your own, right? Like, link with other people. And it could just be as simple as, like, maybe you like serve a meal once a week to people, right? Like maybe you um, ha- like collect, do like a diaper drive or something and then redistribute those to people who need them. Um, maybe you're just like planting a garden or something, you know, like it can be really simple things. Um, but yeah, just like getting involved with people and and learning about mutual aid or joining an an existing effort um i think that would be a really good first step um especially if there is any sort of existing work that's happening uh like that to get plugged into i think you can learn a lot from people who have been doing that work like on the ground like directly serving people already Um, and yeah. And just kind of go from there. I think that's a really great way. That's kind of how I got involved with it. Um, and it was a really great way to learn and to learn like with a lot of people and to learn from a lot of people, um, and to like actually have a direct impact on like making people's lives better and easier around me, uh, was something that helped keep me going, I think. Um, because yeah, like when you volunteer, we're going nonprofit especially a large nonprofit like they have a very vested interest in like maintaining the status quo um but it's cool when you are just like doing something that is more autonomous because you like don't have any of the gross like strings attached to like foundations and grants and rich people that nonprofits do um so i yeah i highly recommend getting involved in those like really like localized um like, community-based efforts. I think that that is super valuable. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's my advice. Um, yeah. It's good advice, you know. I, I think feel
1: it's... like it's, yeah. Or I, I was going to say, I feel like it's easier to also, like, not overcommit to something if you are working with a smaller group of people or mm-hmm. if you're, like, working with a community organization rather than, like, something that's really big because like you have people that are going to need you to follow through on that commitment and are going to like hold you accountable to it because there's not that many other people and i think it would like encourage someone to be a little bit more realistic about what they they
0: have capacity for too um especially when those goals are pretty simple like you said feeding a meal to um people once a week uh doing diaper drives uh you know, there is a, a baby formula shortage right now if there's, like, a way for you to, you know, get together some, like, things to feed small infants and children. I think mm-hmm. it's really important for you to do, and those are really simple things that you can get together and, and get done. I mean, like, for fuck's sake, like, a, a a church of, like, 12 people does, like, a food drive every once in a while. Like, I think, um you know, as as, as much as I think that there's, there's a lot to be said about the current state of, like... Evangelical Christianity. I think you can learn a lot. We can from just say they're bad. Things. Yeah, <laughs> they're bad. They're bad. They're bad. But like I think we can learn a lot. I think from like the kind of community organizing efforts that small groups like uh, local churches do, in the sense that they like they can put together something for their community in like a day. Um, mm-hmm. That's a very simple, but very like materially worth it for the person that they're trying to help within their community. Um, and that's something you can do, like without uh, the need of a religious institution. Shocking yeah, I think the,
1: the other thing is like I think having the like, and it's a thing that like comes with mm, like having more experience. I I think and like spending more time like in organizing. Where I think if you're if you're brand new to something, you have this you know like goal that everyone has of like liberating ourselves like very like from, from the bad thing that's happening and you want to get involved in work that's going to make that happen. But it is uh, very much a, like a marathon and not a sprint. Mm. And so I think like taking on things that you have the capacity for and like having the capacity for doing that like long-term rather than like showing up to something once um, or making a really big commitment is, is really helpful. And I had... Um, I think like one last question because I am glad that you have not been on the internet very much right now but it's bad out there oh people are God. saying people are saying a lot of bad things and it's people who are like in support um allegedly you know of abortion rights but then the way that they talk about those things um are really concerning to me like the language is really like bio essentialist um there's been like a lot of calls for just like men to get vasectomies which I feel like I mean if someone wants to do that on their own totally fine but like blanket calling for men to get a vasectomy I think veers very close if not just actually to eugenics and we like already have a history Alan
0: Turing like yeah well (laughs) I mean we
1: did that we did that here Planned Parenthood did that and it's Mm -hmm. like very early days um And I think just, like, there's going to be a lot of people that, like, want to get involved um, in, like, advocating and, like, organizing around abortion rights that do uh, do not know all the things that they need to know. And, like, political education is really important to building, like, political power. You can't really, like, have a functioning movement if people aren't on the same page about some, like, really key beliefs and goals. I've also seen a lot of white women, like, getting angry if people bring up that, like, restrictions on abortion um, affect black people more than it does white people. And they're like, but, you know, what about, what about all women or something? What about my Handmaid's so tail?
0: you know? like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the
1: Handmaid's <laughs> tail. Um comparisons are they're too much for me. But I think like, yeah, what is um your experience with like doing that kind of political education of like getting people to be where they need to be and like how would you like yeah, how do you like make sure that the people that you're working with are on the same page about like racial justice and being trans inclusive? Because I think if people are trying to get involved with other people in their community and like they're meeting up with people that they don't know or something like how do you make sure or like get get everyone to a place where you are on the same page
2: yeah um that's a really great question and I think it's a lot of trial and error like you know I don't have a perfect answer for it but I definitely have a lot of experiences around that stuff and um some things that work well and have worked well for me are, um, uh, I love community agreements, um, or community guidelines or like points of unity or whatever you want to call them. Uh, and just like setting those with a group of people can be really impactful, um, and can like start a lot of conversations and then also gives you sort of a base to refer back to. So, you know, um, if somebody, like, for instance, is not using inclusive language, you can kind of be like, oh, redirect, like that's actually like kind of part of our community agreements and it's important. Um, So, you know, it can be something like tangible to point to. Um, Definitely like as a white person, I think like not being afraid of conflict, especially with other white people has been really important for me um, because, uh, yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, bullshit to, like, acknowledge, and, uh, I hate, like, I don't like that people have made the word, like, call out a gross thing, but you know what I mean, like, <laughs> like, acknowledge it, bring yeah. attention to, and stuff, yeah. um, and, and, and have conversations with people about that, um, I love, like, we, at the I Abortion Access Fund, we have, uh, some, sort of like guidelines that we share with whenever we like partner with an organization and stuff about, um, or, you know, if we're going to have a speaker at one of our events, just making sure that they, uh, get kind of a rundown about like what language is like pretty stigmatizing around abortion that you might not know is stigmatizing or, you know, some like racialized language that, um, you should avoid using around like abortion and legality and stuff like that. Um, and providing it as sort of like a, a temp check and like an educational opportunity, you know, they might be like, Oh yeah, I know all this stuff. And we're like, all right, cool. Like you're good to go. Or they might be like, Oh, like actually I was planning on saying um, that men can't get pregnant. And then we're like, actually men can get pregnant and they do. And men need abortions too. And they are trans men and we can't leave them out. And, you know, like having that um, kind of like moment of, of uh, like redirection and and correction and stuff um gosh what else i think i also like always look towards indigenous-led organizations um for a lot of uh information and knowledge as well um great plains action society is an iowa-based um indigenous-led organization and they do really incredible work organizing around reproductive justice um and you know i think that like finding Those organizations that are near you and you know like learning from them and uplifting their words like you don't always have to like be the main character and say your own thing either (laughs) like a lot of the time you can just like shut up and like repost what other people say um or you know just like ask people how they would want support and what that would look like um But yeah, I think that that, that's a big thing that I've seen, even with like some on the ground organizing these past several days is people being really resistant to like centering the like experiences and leadership of like people who are most impacted. Um, And that I think is like one of the biggest mistakes you can make in in organizing spaces and uh, just like kind of always questioning your your role in like whatever is happening and you know like where where you're aligned with it and um do you like do you need to be the person doing the thing uh or you know are there already people doing the thing that you can just support and uplift um i think is a good question to like be asking yourself
0: always yeah and especially with like confrontation just realizing like if someone confronts you you're gonna be fine you're not gonna die. You're not gonna explode, and you're not going to be kicked out like immediately of anywhere that you are, um, like unless you are committing like conscious, uh, consistent like violations of, like you said, the community guidelines or of another person. Um, yeah white people are so
1: afraid they're so afraid of me (laughs) calling them racist and i do i do weaponize it to get things that i want and And i'm very very happy to do that exactly um but it it is like that is something that is just consistent in like any kind of organizing that i do that is not like anti-racist organizing where like white people just they, they start melting down um if like race is brought up or if someone in the group is like being told like hey this thing that you're doing um is racist and it is it is just like a really important part of like education and i think like the the idea of having a community agreement makes a lot of sense because then you get all of that out before you really start doing anything and it gives people like a chance to talk about things in a less like heated way and like maybe when there are not as many like urgent things going on um yeah, those were those were all of the questions that, that we had, and I feel like I learned a lot. Uh, and it was really really good, like getting to hear from you. Were there any other things that you wanted to like
2: talk about, or that you wanted us to know? Um, nothing that super comes to mind. I definitely have some like links to things that I can give you to put in. The, the description, description. Yeah, yeah, description.
0: Yeah, we'll yes, that. yes. There will um, be links there. Yes, Yay. as always, I encourage everyone who is listening to look at our works cited page. We love when you read the things that we that we give you. We love when you when you check things out, and we love when you <laughs> we love when you learn things um, from us. We we are we're always so flattered. Um, so you know, if you're if you're reading those works cited, send us an email: bigsweypodcast@gmail.com. Yeah. Send so us an email. We, what you
1: think. I know, I know it because I have it written down and you've also said the name of like it a few times, but what is the, the name again of like the organization that you're on the board of so that we can like ask people, um, if they have the ability to like donate, um, to that and like help sustain the work that you're doing.
2: Um, yes. We are the Iowa Abortion Access Fund and we're one of the oldest abortion funds in the United States. Um and all of the money that we get from y'all goes directly to helping people pay for their abortions. We're not a very like large gross corporate nonprofit like Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood, I promise. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I feel like for people that are listening, if you do have the ability to donate, I think something that is really cool that you can do is like, rather than like giving a lot all at once, and then being done, I think like trying to figure out like, what is an amount of money that like, you feel like is not going to like, wreck you to give like every month, um, and like picking one organization and then doing that. And so if you feel like this is like the thing that you want to do, like, doing that instead of like donating a big amount all at once, I think can be a lot more helpful because then like organizations continue to have money coming in. So I would really recommend that people like donate and then also try to do that. Um, I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. I don't want to smoke, I just want to smoke. But yeah, I think that is it and and thank you so much being on again and what um where can like people follow you if they want to do that on social media
2: yes um i am not on social media a ton but i do have an instagram account it's at frida dad um and i have a twitter account at tough baby boy (laughs)
1: love that
2: love that it's fun to say out loud I don't usually say it out loud
1: that's how we should have introduced you at the beginning this is Frida who you will probably know as at tough baby boy tough baby
2: boy known
1: presence on twitter Um, (laughs) and then I guess like as always like we're at big soy naturals on twitter and instagram and I am commodify this everywhere
0: and Kendall Herzog everywhere is she, herzog. Um, <laughs> make sure to leave what us a review on okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Apple podcasts and Spotify they have reviews now leave us a review there because it helps um, you know the algorithm us. yeah it helps us look good in the face of the almighty algorithm um, you know send us an email once again at bigsoypodcast.gmail.com um, and please check out our works cited for um, everything you need to know about um, the organizations we listed, the work cited that we um, we're talking about—it's um, all going to be down below. So check that out. Um, and hopefully, in a couple weeks, we're going to be—not even a couple weeks, probably like a week or so—we're um, going two, to be two weeks, doing maybe two weeks. Yeah, a let's say let's say two stream, weeks. Perhaps we, we will be potentially doing a fundraising stream. Maybe. You'll you might see the return if you're if you're a real fan if you're if you're like, you know, OG like deep cut kind of fan you might fan remember a yeah, fan of fan of cerise specifically oh, you yeah. might remember a, a little a little twitch stream called clout dynasty and is be... <laughs>
1: coming back and we are going to potentially be doing a fundraising stream where we will be like giving whatever it is that we collect in that to the um the iowa fund so um i don't i don't know when it's happening yet i don't I don't do well on a schedule, mm-hmm. but we will announce it when yeah. we know. And then yeah. you should come and then you should, you should hang out and give money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then you should get in line and vote because this yeah. is the most important Rock. election the of vault. all of our lifetimes.
2: We just need one more election, y'all. Just one, one more. more, just one more election, and then it'll just all be good. One you know, more president. I, seeing, and I swear, we'll
0: get it right this time. I was seeing whispers of
1: Hillary wanting to run again, Ugh. and like at this point, like I think I Shittered don't in my spine. care so much about what the results of the elections are anymore. That I do think it would be pretty funny to see Hillary and Trump go back at it again um, in twenty twenty four. I don't think that the hear like. Me out. If Results Bernie won. either
2: way. <laughs> oh, we—he could still win. Here's how.
0: Here's oh. how Bernie could still win, and we could go to brunch, lunch, dinner, dessert. Let's go. Um, I think he should only run if a woman
1: also runs for president. Mm. <laughs> we need a woman. We need a woman president. Well, that's—he's going to say the opposite of that, and that's why he'll have my
0: vote. The American um, okay. people are tired <laughs> of women.
1: Exactly. <laughs> All right. This was Big Story Naturals. Thank you for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Coffee is one of my I favorite tastes. I don't want smoke, I just want to smoke When I hit the pipe, I'm like, what's white. Not only that, the balls dope. smell amazing I yeah, like green because it makes me lean And I smoke high because of blowing clouds When, when, when I, I hit the then it's time to smoke could, there, there are, smoke are dangerous love. people Like, I cannot when I hit the get pile, it far enough down my throat, 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 throat. throat to be satisfied it's like, give a fuck I don't want smoke I'm only satisfied when I feel those intense, powerful, salty, hot pumps of cum
2: down my throat smoke, I just want to smoke
0: This is a certified big soy naturals classic.